Hello, everybody. Welcome to another great show, the Four Guys uh, Roundtable Show. As I was getting the three, two, one, it was the three, two, one in the middle finger for me to start. So that was a, a great start to the show here. The Stone Cold uh, Salute. I know, right? Explain how the sausage is made. I mean, just. I, I felt like I needed to. Some people need to know how the sausage is made, you know? Okay. So, um, so if you're listening to us for the first time, my name is Joe. Hold on, I'm doing this differently. Joe, A.K.A. Theo. I had to okay. do the Rod Van because I was watching ECW earlier today. Uh, <laughs> then we have the uh, man who's uh, the apprentice to the dark side, Darth Pat. We got Coach okay, Jeremy. Okay, okay, wait, 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 wait. Shut title up. I'm not so done. I'm obviously not an apprentice. <laughs> You're an apprentice. You're in the new form, like 200 years before the prequels. You're an apprentice. Stick with it. <laughs> we have A.G. Nitro rocking the sweet fucking headband there. I'm enjoying that. That is awesome. The shirt's uh, cool too. The shirt's really cool. So you'll stand up. You'll, I can't see your shirt. I will during the podcast. Oh. It's a, <laughs> fucking make us wait. It's appropriate. It's, it's appropriate, appropriate later on in the night. So uh, okay, okay, okay. So we're all here. How's everyone doing today? Excellent. Another great day. Hey, we're all above ground, so it's a great day, right? I woke up this morning, so yeah, it's good. Yeah, there you go. Oh, then, no, Dark Pat, Pat does not agree. <laughs> Pat shakes his head. Just being above ground doesn't necessarily make it a great day. I mean, if that's where you're setting the bar, then my <laughs> God, you need to you know, you know just increase your expectations for life. If Maybe you set the bar us... low, it's easy to get over it. Uh, <laughs> yes. I'm not going to let you become Vince Vaughn's character in Dodgeball here. You're <laughs> that. But even though the coffin is low to the ground, it, I know for some people it's still hard to get over that. Sometimes okay. you just have to take a step into it. <laughs> <laughs> that story sounds familiar, but I can't place it. <laughs> uh, we'll get into that story at a, at a future time for everyone. Um, <laughs> going into detail in what happened with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So just to let everybody know, uh, this evening we will be talking about tag teams. Uh, greatest tag teams will be part of our Mount Rushmore this evening. We're going to talk about the tag team division um, in general and tag teams in general, all that good stuff. Um, other than that, though, what what do you want now? You said you said the greatest tag team. So I said, <laughs> does that not interesting? Back again. <laughs> You can tell I'm from the 90s. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known what I was talking about. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that song came out the year I graduated from high school. 1993? Yeah, 94. So I remember them playing that at the prom. So. Okay. How was it? I, I, I can mute somebody again. Oh, yeah, right here. <laughs> Let's keep my, my finger on the mute. <laughs> <laughs> And right now, ass. Pat is pretending to be muted. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking smart asses. Lord. Why are you giving the joke away? My God. Because our listeners on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify can't see you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, and to those people I say, you are very fortunate. <laughs> oh, God. Not having to look at me should be considered a blessing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. So, you got a story? 
my weekend's been pretty interesting. Um, my mother-in-law flew in from Florida. Oh, uh, boy. And, Excuse me. Uh, well, why did you hear anywhere near you? <laughs> well, because we know where she's been. So we know that she's taking the proper precautions. Uh, she works in a hairdressing salon. So she's <laughs> they literally have her with a mask, uh, glasses, and a shield on her head while she works. And everything has to be sprayed down and cleaned before the next person can sit in the seat. So, and then there's a 10 minute wait period or something like that between customers after they've sprayed down and cleaned everything. So, uh, if she's not being safe, I don't know who is. Um, but she flew in. Uh, we got a text message about eight o'clock saying her flight from Florida Sanford uh, Airport had been delayed because the plane that was coming from Allentown to Sanford. Um, was having electrical issues and they couldn't fix it. So <laughs> that exact scenario. I was walking out of Sanford Airport back to Allentown and our plane got delayed and it was because of an electrical issue. <laughs> because so they, they used uh, the shit planes for that flight, that's why. Well, that's the crazy thing. Allegiant Airline has upgraded their things to the Airbuses, so they're not even using the old like 1980s airplanes. So like the puddle jumpers. The puddle jumpers. <laughs> That's even so, worse then. Shit. Yeah. So, but uh, her flight was supposed to leave at one o'clock. So she would have got to Allentown about 3.30 ish. Her flight didn't take off until 2.30. So she got in about 4.30. <laughs> so my wife picked her up at 4.30 in the morning. Got her back to our house, slept for like about two and a half hours before Lucas woke up at seven-ish and woke her up. Uh, we tried to keep him upstairs, but that did not work out. So we had uh, a really good day yesterday. We, well, yeah, a good day yesterday, minus uh, having to do a little bit of uh, housework. But we had a good day. My sister-in-law came down, so we all hung out and kids okay. played outside and all that stuff. And then today, where I actually am with all the Steelers stuff around me, because this is not mine, um, we're up at my sister-in-law, and her husband is a huge like Steelers fan. So all this collectible stuff that you guys see behind me uh, is all his stuff, and we've been hanging out here all day. They have uh, one of those pools and we've been, that you kind of put together and you put up. So we uh, – been swimming in that all day. Uh, we had a good cookout. We've just been having a really good time. So it's just been really nice to visit with my mother-in-law and everybody um, in that because with her living down in Florida, we don't see her as much as we used to because she used to live here in PA over, uh, and east and off of 611, but you know, moved down to Florida to take care of her parents who have now both passed away, unfortunately, within like the last year. Oh, um, so okay. now she's down there. Well, she's got other relatives down there she's made a lot of friends and she has her own life down there so it's nice but uh and it's funny because i used to be scared like terrified of my mother-in-law i used to think that like she was anytime i saw her i had to be like on my best behavior because all my wife used to say is my mom's really really particular about table manners really particular and i'm like okay and the very first time and this is a really good story the very first time i met her we go out to dinner it was me and my wife her and her boyfriend uh, at the time and we're sitting down at dinner and I had finished my water and the gentleman that she was dating at the time um, like was kind of fidgety kind of a fidgety kind of guy and he went to kind of hand his cup or my cup or I'm not sure what exactly he was doing with the cups 
because the waitress had asked if I wanted more water. I'm like, yeah. And she didn't take my cup. Like, and all of a sudden, I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, why did you take my cup? And, like, that's a big no-no with my mother-in-law is cursing at any time, especially at the dinner table. And so my wife had – I don't know if she really told my mother-in-law that I had Tourette's, uh, but that was, like, what she told me. She's like, I think I told my mama you have Tourette's, and that's just a problem with you. <laughs> wow. Through the Tourette's. So, so yes, a uh, little bit of terrifying. Not anymore. You know, I, I really enjoy my mother-in-law. I, I love all my in-laws. They're really good people. But yeah, there for a while I was very terrified of her because I was like waiting for her to like drop the the bomb on me and say, I don't like you and you can't marry my daughter, you know, kind of thing. So, but it's, it's, it's all kind of, good now. It's kind of funny you mentioned that like mother-in-laws because my wife's, uh, my mother-in-law, it's funny because if you ask my wife who gets treated better between her and me. She gets mad because she thinks that her mom favors me more than she favors her <laughs> anymore. She's like, my mom always does something for you. My mom always gets whatever you, you need for her. Like, blah, blah, blah. She goes, my mom doesn't give a shit about me. I'm like, maybe because I'm nicer to your mom than you are. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> she gets so pissed off. Oh, it's crazy. When we were living up in PA and we were still we're living with them for a little while. I forget what it is. Like, uh, I, I, I think I... What the hell did I do? Oh, I got food for us. On the way home from a game, um, I stopped and brought home food after one of our basketball games on the weekend. Um, and um, when I was getting out of the car, I was going through the back door, and the dog came running at me, and I kind of, like, tripped over him, and I got it spilled stuff. And it so happened to be my food that I spilled that went all over the floor, and the dog started eating. So she went, and she, she was like, oh, I have to go to the car. I'll be right back. So she went in the car. I went and got me more food and brought it back to me. I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Nice. My wife was like, I fucking hate you. I was like, oh, what can I say? We feel her that's messed up, man. That's messed up because we love Joe. <laughs> Patrick's got jokes tonight. Darth <laughs> Patrick has got jokes. I'm going to use your full name, Patrick, because <laughs> I'm mad at you right now. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. Yeah, because every time somebody is mad at me, they use my full name. Does your, doesn't, your mother, doesn't your mother do that? No. No. <laughs> nice. When I'm, mad, uh, I'm just going to call you PD. How's that sound? <laughs> PD? <laughs> yeah, PD. Or DP. Yeah, I, 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 said, I said PD. DP. Director of photography? What? <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's oh, what you're, that's where you would go with that, of course. Uh, I, have, I, haven't, I haven't climbed the la that ladder yet. Oh, oh this God. is going to be an interesting podcast, folks. It's going to be a, a doozy. I can uh, let's, already. let's talk about some wrestling. All right, let's well, get into some wrestling here. Okay. Before we do, though, there Anybody is a public service me? announcement that needs to be dropped. And that is, thanks, for everybody, for tuning into YouTube and catching us here or any of the other channels that you are watching us on. We greatly appreciate it. And if you are catching us on YouTube, make sure you give us a like. Make sure you are subscribing to our channel, leaving comments so we can get to know what you guys are thinking about the podcast. We greatly appreciate that. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify, make sure you are um, giving us a rating so we can jump the charts. Make sure other people like yourself are hearing us. And always, as always, make sure you stay tuned to the end of our show 
because that's when you're going to get to hear the new Mount Rushmore, which is going to be based on our topic today of tag team wrestling. And our unofficial sponsor today, Yingling <laughs> Lager. Mmm, delicious. I love it. Mmm, tasty. <laughs> I, I stopped drinking that stuff when I was 22 because me and my friends use it way too much for drinking games. And there was a certain point every time I would smell that shit, I felt like I was about to gag and throw up. And that yeah. wasn't I – couldn't, I couldn't take it anymore. Yingling Lager, not the beer for beer pong or other drinking games. That's reserved for Coors Light. I would, ask, Light. <laughs> I would ask Pat what he thinks about that beer, but we don't want to go there. So. No, no, we'll leave that out. No. Nope. <laughs> not a word from you. Pat. <laughs> <laughs> all right now let's talk some wrestling like me. <laughs> i have no idea what you could be referring to sir what is he, the colonel sanders now jeez what was that <laughs> pat's in a good mood today so i'm yes yes yes, yes. yes. Sanders. colonel sanders would be lower pitched <laughs> All right, I'm done with this stuff. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, let's let's hey, get in, let's get into this little topics here. To blame for going down these rabbit holes, and you know it. So <laughs> I'm about to. That's why that. we're stopping right now. <laughs> All right, we're gonna go with our our, our, our part of our tag team uh, discussion today. So let's start off. Um, Ag, I want you to go first. I, I want what uh, we're all gonna do this. What is what is your specific criteria for? what you consider the greatest tag team um there's there's a couple things i think i think for me it's um how many titles you win matters um i don't think it matters i was actually just telling somebody else this today i don't think it matters as much in wrestling as it does in sports because it's not really it's fixed essentially so i think that for me it's i think it's more important to have a good match and be remembered for having great matches than it is for how many titles you win. So I think for me, it would probably be the title, the amount of titles you won would matter to some degree. And then I think also what you do in the ring, my biggest weight would be on that. So let's say 50% of it's in ring, 25% of it is maybe titles and accomplishments. And then the other 25% is Mike skills and, um, intangible stuff like if you had a cool finisher like you know tag team finishers are kind of important so yeah um like i'm not going to go into specifics right now but a tag team finisher with a really cool name that fits is very important to me like if your tag team maneuver is really cool and it has a corny terrible name that ruins it <laughs> so put like, a couple it, notches down it needs to fit so that that's important to me. I, I like to watch tag teams do tag team moves too. I like when they do more than one or five. Like I like to watch tag teams do moves together. And I think that's we see that sometimes now. I think there was a period of time where that became a lost art. I'm not gonna go into specifics about that yet, but there was definitely a period of time where I feel like that kind of went away a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was there, it went away, and now it's kind of coming back. To some degree, a little bit, not completely, but a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, it kind of went away too because we had a time where it wasn't really true tag teams, maybe one or two, and then there was just a whole bunch of let's throw a whole bunch of superstars yeah. together and just they just do normal singles slash tag team wrestling with 
you know, some made up finishers that really weren't part of the tag team art. So no, I, I true. the in ring stuff is the most important stuff. Like I said, what they do in the ring and at the end of the day, if you're remembered because you had great matches, that's 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 the important thing to the most important thing to me. Gotcha. So what about let, uh, go ahead. I was go ahead. I was just going to turn it over to, to Jeremy. So, you oh, yeah, go ahead, Jeremy. All right. So for me, um, it's very similar to what AJ said. I think as a tag team, uh, titles are important for, for one various reason is because if you're winning titles, like if you're continuously in the title hunt, that means that you are over as a tag team, whether you're villains, you're, uh, you know, you're the baby faces or you're the heels, you're over. And that make that means that you, sh- you're going to be in the title picture more often, which means you're a really good tag team at that point in time. Um, so winning titles is, is important. Um, having at least one person that can talk on the mic, not tag teams don't have to have two people that can talk on the mic. That's like extraordinary if you have two, but if you got one person that can talk on the mic and can be the mic person and really gain the audience's, um, buy-in to who you are as a tag team, super important and just as important as a singles wrestler, if not more important because you got two people, um, a really cool finisher, as AJ said, with a cool name that fits. You know, you got to have that finisher. You know, there, there's always one finisher that I always go back to, and we kind of talked about it when we talked about our previous wrestling one, and that was the Doomsday Device. You know, really cool finisher as well as a really, really cool name for the finishing move. Absolutely. Um, and then as a tag team, you got to be able to work as a tag team, as a true tag team. You know, really good tag teams that I've seen over the years – they have an unspoken chemistry between the two of them and they know how to work with the other tag team to make that tag team look good. And they just, it's just the flow and it is something that we're going to talk about later, but I'll just say it's not what it used to be in the tag team world many, you know, years ago. So that, that's my criteria. Like I said, very similar to AJ, you know, as far as that goes, what makes a great tag team, a great tag team. So yeah, DP, Darth Pat. <laughs> Tag team. Dur- Director of photography. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really, I don't really think I have much to add from what's already been said. I think you guys have really covered all the bases there. I mean, yeah. I really can't think of anything else that I could add that would be that profound. So. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I think I would add would be getting over with the crowd and storytelling in the ring. Um is part of being more a little more direct in regards to that. Um, everything else is pretty much point on as well. Uh, everything you guys have mentioned, I'm pretty on point with all that stuff too. Um, so, um, Pat, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, since Palpatine's dead, who is your uh, number one right now? Since you're our number two in training. <laughs> Who does number two work for? <laughs> I've been wanting to ask this question since. Uh, if, if there is, if there is, uh, I think you caught him with his pants down there, Joe. Kind of. No, 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 no. If there is one thing that has been proven, is that Palpatine never actually died. I hope That's he's cool. dead now. We're not. You know, 
You We're not talking about there. Star Wars. You can go out there and say Palpatine's dead, but uh, I ain't gonna defend you then when he comes looking for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh boy. Okay. So let's uh move on to another topic here. Um, which decade do you guys think produced the best tag teams overall? Ooh. I would say the eighties. Without even having to think twice, really. I'm okay. probably gonna go with Pat on that one. Eighties. Slash early night, like first two years, like it's almost like a 12 year thing for me actually, because I didn't really start watching until 85. So from like 85 to 92, like I have like probably eight or nine teams written down from that era that I thought were good. And I'm probably not, I'm missing some probably. So I would, I would be inclined to agree with Pat, mostly the eighties. I think I would, I would agree. I would agree. Eighties to, to early nineties. Um, there's just, I think, in my opinion, that there was a heavier focus on tag team wrestling in those days. You know, there was still a heavy focus on the main eventers, you know, the, the singles wrestlers, but there was a big focus on tag team wrestling. I, like, and I know we're going to get into it, but I really, w, I truly believe. WWE when, or WWF back then, when they had the Survivor Series, they had enough teams that were relevant that they could put them in a match where there was five tag teams versus five tag teams. Can you imagine them trying to do that right now? Yeah, no, doesn't not really going to work very well. Half the teams would be jobber teams, and like, and not like the young stallions were kind of jobbers back then, but they were relevant enough that they put them they put them in. They're an example I could use from back then. Mm-hmm. So the conquistadors were like kind of jobbers too, but they were relevant <laughs> enough that they could find a place for them. So I remember the conquistadors, the Rougeau so, brothers. I f- we can I feel like Kibble we can beans. start we can name drop yeah I, we can name drop some a little bit for the 80s like I I think the British Bulldogs the Heart Foundation Strike Force those are teams that I really liked and Rock Strike and Roll Force. Express LOD Powers of Pain the the Steiners yeah the so Steiners are more relevant than people give them credit for as well I do too what about you Theo what was your favorite era for tag teams. <sighs> I, I mean, it has to be the 80s because it's the most uh, relevant. But I kind of think in the past six years, there's been a resurgent, resurgence. And not, unfortunately, WWE still hasn't gotten their heads out of their asses in regards to tag teams. But like all the other, all the other federations, like organizations I, have. I mean, like AAA, New Japan, um, ROH, TNA. AEW, they they got they got what they're they're putting them in the spotlight along with the you know the singles wrestlers. NXT at times. NXT at times, yeah. Yes. Not, I mean, it's that that's the only one that you can really say anything for WWE as like because of who has majority of control over that. Technically speaking, Triple H, so he's made that more relevant for them. But like one tag team, um, I mean. Uh, the Lucha Brothers, you know, they've been, they were singles guys. They still wrestle in singles, but they became a tag team, either AAA or when that Lucha Underground show was going on. And they just kind of took off from there and they kind of <laughs> stayed as a tag team. And they've been going, you know, from federation to federation um, and whatnot. And they're a very good tag team. I mean, their mic skills are okay, but, you know, they're in ring and the way they grab the, 
the audience and how they storytell in the ring is really good. And everyone does the whole no, I don't know how to do this shit, the no fear thing. The like, every- the <laughs> yeah, everyone does a no fear like hand thing. And it's like everyone goes ape shit for that stuff too. So they're 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 one of my favorite tag teams right now to legitimately watch. Wish I could see more of them. Yeah, there was. I mean, the Attitude Era had those. The, their three or four or whatever they had that you know the big three in WWE but they it was just yeah. really those three so it's hard to like take that there was you know we had we got the TLC matches and stuff then so we got some of the best WWE tag team matches ever in the Attitude Era but it was three three tag teams doing it maybe the New Age Outlaws get some love from that yeah from that yeah. that <laughs> but I I just think there were too many teams in the 80s and like I said when you can field a 10, 10 tag teams in a Survivor Series match, that says a lot just right there. Yeah. No, it absolutely does. What do you guys um, uh, bring something up, AJ? You want to talk about what's at Team Wrestling? I mean, I think that right now, I think AEW, their tag team division is, is the best I've seen a tag team division this century. So they've got about seven or eight tag teams who are legit. <laughs> So they probably have the three best tag teams in the world there. And we're going to get to see them Wednesday night in an eight-man tag match. Yes. So um, WWE completely screwed up with the Revival. They completely ruined that. Like, I don't know how you messed that up. Like, you have one of the three best tag teams in the world. How do you screw that up? Like, they were really good in NXT. How do you screw that up? (laughs) And they're different. They're like different than every. They're like old school tag team too. So they're like the Ole and Arn Anderson Brainbuster type tag team. How do you mess that up now? Like, how do you not find a place for them to be relevant when they're they're different from like everybody else kind of now? It, it kind so, of fits like McMahon's like old school mold. Like, I don't understand exactly. Like, how did he not like? do something more relevant with them and then when you told me that one time about the gimmick that they wanted to do <laughs> i went online and looked at that gimmick and i was like holy shit are you kidding me and like is this like you know early 1990s or mid 90s where they were wearing stupid outfits and stuff i, I couldn't believe it i couldn't believe it so i would have fucking left too if i was them well, again, like you're asking, like how could the how could you screw the revival? Simple, Vince doesn't give a fuck about tag team wrestling. No, you're. I know. I just no, it, just needs no other explanation. It's just sad though, because like you know, Triple H does what he does in NXT to make those guys relevant and get them over, because you know he has good talent. Then when we move up to the main roster, like shit falls apart for like half of them, and it really shouldn't be, because those guys are bust their ass and they're so talented and they kind of get nowhere especially when you bring somebody up and you start changing their names three to four fucking times and that yeah. makes no sense to me either well that's where I, vince I, and, and sorry aj no go that's ahead where, that's where vince has in, in my honest opinion has really lost touch with what wrestling used to be has evolved into and what it still can be you know how how do you go from you know, and they're still the number one company. They're they're always going to be most likely because of the fact that they're such a big company. Um, it's hard to beat the biggest company in the world unless you are able to grow yourself, kind of like WCW did. But you got to stay. Then you got to be able to continue to build your company, like WWE has. But he really has lost touch with the the real wrestling 
end of things. Like he's so much into the entertainment portion. He's gone so far in the entertainment portion of it that he forgets about what makes the entertainment so entertaining is the actual wrestling and the things that the guys can do on the mic and in the ring. And that's the part that Triple H brought back. Like he was, I'm a wrestler. Like I understand this business because I've been doing this business and I've been in the ring and I know it gets people over. I know how to help these guys and we can make our company better. But you know, Vince, he's always going to step in and say, eh, you're still down here, young man. <laughs> I'm old as dirt and I still make all the shots and call all the calls. So, you know, you're never going to get past that ceiling until, unfortunately, and I hate to say it, but until Vince is gone, uh, either because he finally steps down or he just eventually does croak, uh, you're not going to get past that ceiling. And WWE is going to continue to remain what it is, and it's going to be entertainment first, wrestling, pure wrestling second. And yeah. it's just what it is. I'm never going to die. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he that's what he says to himself in the mirror every morning probably so. i remember hearing him say that on an espn interview about six seven years ago and i was just kind of i was honestly sitting there going eh. he's probably one of those rich guys that has like some money invested in in a like uh, a pharmaceutical place you know, and try to engineer some shit so he can live till he's like fucking 200 or some shit like that. And he he would be that that guy. I would just I could see him doing that. He's gonna go into Funnily, a cryogenic freeze. Yeah. Funnily, tons <laughs> of money into some the some shit to be like this is gonna work. I know it. I'm gonna fucking live till I'm 200. Fuck everybody else. I could see him fucking doing some shit like that. I mean, they, they, and WWE still throws people together. They still do that like way too often. Like yeah. I don't know, I don't know what at what point. Like sometimes it works. Twenty percent of the time you get lightning out of in a bottle. The other eighty yes. percent it doesn't work. So like Cesaro and Sheamus worked, and like Miz and Big Show kind of worked. Like you get ones like that here and there that worked. Or Orton and Edge worked, but yeah. for every one that worked there's ones that did it that we all forget about because they, we want to forget about them because they lasted two weeks and threw in the towel. Yeah. So, well, well, yeah. And that's because sorrow and Seamus were like, okay, we need to make this work. How are we going to make this work? Like we want to be on TV. We want to be wrestling. We want to be entertaining people. How the hell do we make this work? And they found a good blend. I, I, you know, I'm not the biggest Seamus fan in the world. I think he's decent, but when him and Cesaro were together, as a tag team, it, it was good. It was really good. Like they had blended to both their gimmicks together to make it a very good tag team. And they wrestled very well as a tag team. It actually had, you know, right. Good chemistry. That's, that's the most relevant Cesaro's ever been on the main roster. Like I, I know. It's sad. Yeah, it is sad. <laughs> I mean, and look at both of them now. I mean, Sheamus got hurt. So they kind of split up with the tag team, but like really Sheamus is back. How relevant is he really right now? And like, Cesaro and Nakamura hurt. are together. Uh, yeah, and this uh, those two are decent, but th that's that's uh, they've been together way too long because it's really not working with either one of them. And it's sad because that's two talents right there that should be doing a lot more than what they're doing right now. It, it's just it's just what WWE does. They they have so much talent that they can throw guys together, hope that it works. If it doesn't, okay, we'll split you back up, or we'll just take you off the 
the car for the next couple months and try and repackage you as something different or oh, maybe we'll throw you together with this guy as a tag team the next time you come out and they, it's they've they, they in the wwe they have really ruined their tag team division and it's been ruined for a pretty long time i would have to say it's they brought miz and morrison time. back and miz and morrison were really good together and they were they're still really good together and they're yeah. like they're gonna break them up like i i can feel it like coming I'm like waiting for them to break them up because Vince is like, oh, they're not the New Day and they're not the Usos, so who gives a shit? Well, yeah, so. and, there's the th- and there's the other thing. Back in, uh, back in the 80s, and, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, tag teams really didn't break up like that. They were tag teams for years. And yeah, you they were. Maybe, and they maybe were. something would happen where they'd have a scuffle and they'd break up for a little bit and then they'd be right back. To but it wasn't, there wasn't... Like there wasn't 12 pay-per-views a year and there wasn't like important. There wasn't raw every week, like on the, the Sunday and Saturday shows that it was mostly jobber matches and stuff. So like that's changed to where it's harder to do that for when you're showing wrestling that much, it, it does make it, it complicates it. It makes it harder to drag that stuff out. It was easier to drag that stuff out when there was four pay-per-views or two pay-per-views a year. Cause that's when that stuff was going to happen at those things. It wasn't going to happen yeah. on the weekly show where five of the matches were one guy fighting a jobber and they had one decent match. That was or like, Oh, we're Saturday night's main event, you know, six, every, yeah. every six weeks there or every two months, Saturday night's main event was on. So, but who's to say you still can't have those kind of storylines where they, a, a storyline lasts six, seven months, eight months. And it still remains relevant. Who's that on? Is that on the wrestlers, the writers? Is it on both? You know, can't they continue those kind of things and, and actually have some really good storylines where we get something out of it? I know. I, much I just, more I, than a two-month storyline, maybe a month storyline. That's running junk. out of ideas, and they're just rehashing stuff. Like, that's what's happening. They're, like, running. It's almost like It's almost like the movies where... Oh, we can't come up with anything new, so let's just reboot this again and again. <laughs> so, like wrestling Spider-Man. gets into that. Wrestling gets into that sometimes, where I think it's they're trying to rehash stuff. And if you're ten or twelve and you're watching it, it's new. If you're us, we've seen all this shit done four or five times sometimes, yeah. and we're like, okay, I don't want to see this again. Can I? Can we do? Can we see Katie Vick again? I'd like to see that one more time. <laughs> Somebody try to rehash that, but <laughs> but they, it's it's just rehash. Like we we got to see Becky be the female Stone Cold. So I mean that they're they're just looking for ways to reboot things and maybe put a little bit of a twist on it. But if you're like a hardcore wrestling fan, you're like, oh, I remember when they did this shit with this person five years ago, and Vince thinks that. Everybody forgets what happens a year ago. So, like in his mind, it's, it was a year ago. Nobody remembers that. But, no, no. Yes, we do. <laughs> That's why we're yes. pissed at you right now. Yes, we do. Especially me and Pat. For this, it's not like I have a whole, whole network where all this stuff can be accessed at any time. <laughs> Darth Pat, I think you just got to continue with the whole Vince McMahon uh, impersonations for the rest of the show. Yes, right. you're doing very good Vince McMahon impressions tonight. <laughs> Please. I get bored after two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand those Viking guys. Let's have them out and be in athletic competition. Everybody will love it. <laughs> it's such good shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then we'll have them fight some ninjas. <laughs> For no everybody, apparent reason. Everybody loves ninja fights. I saw those Ninja Turtle guys the other day. Why have you told me about them before? Oh, my God. <laughs> See, now, that type of storyline with those two tag teams reminded me of some, like, late 80s, early 90s bullshit with some of that gimmicky, too much gimmicky crap. Just, oh, that's kind of just as bad as, like, WCW coming out with their, like, oh, what the hell was this guy's name? He he looked like the dude from Mortal Kombat, like, Sub-Zero. Oh, Glacier! Glacier! Glacier. (laughs) What was, like... That's that's what that shit reminds me of, like Such horrible that, stupid gimmicks. Find that where they introduced Mortis and Wrath, and then the Crown Jewel, Ernest the Cat Miller. <laughs> <laughs> or when WCW had RoboCop come to a pay per view and had a cage. Or the uh, Yeti. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. You respect Tony Schiavone, goddammit. It's the Yeti. <laughs> Yeah, because that makes it so much better pronouncing it like that. He, uh, I mean, he has pretty much admitted on his podcast that he pronounced it that way because he found the thing to be so ridiculously stupid. So, Well, I'm sure someday down the road we'll have a chance to make fun of the dumb shit that WCW did. We'll, we'll leave that. We'll save that for the rest of that for another day. So, oh, yeah, so we're going to put down as a potential future show concept. Dumb shit WCW did. We well, can probably get three... I mean, we can do dumb. Good. We can do dumb shit that all. I mean, WWE does dumb shit too. So, like, we could get we could get plenty of stuff out of that, and plenty of legwork out of dumb shit that they've done in wrestling. So, yeah, of course, of course. Joe, there was one one uh, one tag team I wanted to throw out for you that I feel like me and you. I'm, I would be shocked if you didn't. That indie, the Motor City Machine Guns were awesome. Yes. 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 <laughs> oh my god, they were so good. They were that, awesome. That um best out of seven they had in TNA. Um uh, with the Young Bucks, I believe. With Generation Me. Yep. Well, yeah. <laughs> Their old name. Um that was probably some of the best tag team wrestling I ever saw in my life. Like that whole series, every single match was like a ten out of ten. That's... Those guys, those guys performed, and it was just, just outstanding. I just couldn't wait for the next goddamn match to show. They, uh, to they had TV. cool. They had a cool, like the Machine Guns had really cool finisher. They did cool yep. tag team stuff, and that was a young, you know, the young bucks were very young then. <laughs> yeah, so really that was a, a young version. That's when I, that's when I fell in love with that tag team when they were Generation Me. So I've liked them since I saw them there. So. And you know what yeah. was crazy about those matches is the fact that they had so many matches back to back to back. It wasn't the same yeah. match every single time. And they like They were able to create new matches on. A, it was a weekly basis, wasn't it? It was a weekly match every show, right? So they were. Able yeah, I think to, they were on every week. Yeah. Every week produce a different match, which is absolutely crazy in this day and age, because a lot of tag teams, when they were having storylines with another team, they weren't fighting them on a weekly basis. They were fighting them maybe once every couple months, or maybe it was wait until a pay-per-view where they would fight or something like that, where the only interaction they would have would be the banter from in-ring promos or backstage promos. That would be the only interaction you'd see until a pay-per-view. So the fact that we got 
that quality of match on that many nights, weeks in a row was absolutely nuts. And for it to be different every time. Yeah. No, they did. They put on a show every single time. That was the cool part. You know, different matches. They were, there was a couple moves here and there. They would replicate, but for the most part, 90, 90% of the match was totally different. It was something new that they did every single match, which made those matches spectacular. Definitely. Good, good, good one, AJ. I kind of forgot about them, but didn't forget about them. You know, there's so many tag teams that I mean, run through my we head have, and we, stuff. I know, and it's, it's hard to, that's why I wrote stuff down. Like, I, I remember how good Harlem Heat was in WCW. Yeah. I remember how good they were. And we can't, I myself can't not say, talk about tag teams without the Dudleys in ECW because the Dudleys were on. That's my favorite iteration of the Dudleys, the ECW version, because they, they were, because of their mic work there, they were like starting riots. So, I oh, mean, yeah. like, well, yeah, I mean. Did. When you can get away with some of the stuff they were getting away with on the microphone in ECW, that was like, there wasn't a ton of great tag teams in ECW. There were a handful, but the Dudleys definitely were like the cream of the crop there Yeah. when they were there. So them, the pit bulls, uh, you know, they, they put some tag, they put some singles guys together. Like they had Van Damme and Sabu wrestle as a tag team for a while too, which some of that stuff worked, but yeah. And Chetty, uh, Chetty and Nova. <laughs> yeah. And Doring yeah. and Roadkill. Yes. Uh, yeah, Doring I mean, and Roadkill. I'll say, I'll say that that was, um, you know, we were talking about what the criteria, what makes a great tag team, what you just mentioned there, AJ, uh, you know, the ability to nearly start riots is <laughs> an underrated attribute. Which, <laughs> legitimately. Let's be honest. Outside of the Dudleys, and maybe the Freebirds in their prime and world class. I'm not mm-hmm. sure that anybody really had that ability. So, you know, yeah, that that that's definitely a, you know a, you know a, a plus that you know very few teams can say that they checked off. So I mean, maybe I, the, I, maybe the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov had that because you know everybody of course was like you know we must boo Russian and Iranian guys. So <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. and I encourage anybody that's listening or watching go back and watch. The Freebirds in their prime in A, uh, AW, what was that? Ah, geez, I'm messing up the initials. Um, NWA, right? Yeah. Well, they, they were they went all over the place. They were they, they were, were in NWA, they were very they were territorial. They were in AWA. I mean, their their big thing, of course, was their feud with the Von Erichs, which was in world class WCCW. But world class. The, yes. Freebirds, the, the Freebirds were basically everywhere except WWE. They went to right. WWE very briefly, and I think they sensed that. Vince wanted to break them up and he wanted to push Terry Gordy as like the new monster heel or whatever. And they didn't want to be broken up. So they're like, see ya. Yeah. So go back, watch Freebirds. go back and watch early Dudleys. Like, I, I encourage every listener and watcher to do that because they are really that good as far as tag team wrestling. And as far as Mike skills and inciting the heel aspect of being a real heel. Yeah. When, absolutely. when, when edge and Christian turned bad, they, they were they could get they could get the when you go after sports teams, that's how you get the crowd riled up. And they were pretty good at that for about three years. They just shit on sports teams and pissed everybody off there. So like if if they would have been in the ECW and would have been able to push the envelope a little bit more with that, they might have they might have been able to get that. Cause I watched some of those 
sports promos they did where they shit on the sports teams and those fans got pretty pissed off. <laughs> so oh, yeah. Major those teams. those two were those two were were really really good when they were doing their six second poses and stuff. Like their their stuff was great. Oh yeah. So, and, the, and the fact that I mean that's that's always kind of an easy thing to do though is to get heat on the the you know the hometown sports team and everything. But yeah, yeah you know sometimes sometimes you just sometimes you need that cheap heat. Like uh, I remember the one SmackDown show we went to in uh, 2004. There was a promo that aired for the live crowd that was not on TV where it was the Dudley boys backstage and they were heels at the time. So because they were in Philly, they were talking about how they were back in their old stomping grounds of ECW, which of course stood for extremely crappy wrestling. (laughs) That of course was to get the heat with the crowd before they actually went out. So that I think is almost like a thing to do than to necessarily just be like ripping on the sports teams. You know, you do something if you can, where it's not shown to the television audience, where, you know, you get the crowd riled up. So when they, they come out, you know, two minutes later, they're already booing them and everything. So, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, to me, that's a more effective, cheap. Tactic, they they do that. They do that more. I, I've had that a few, like we, they've done it with Elias twice in Cleveland. So like twice in Cleveland with him, they've had him like do something that they just showed us. And, you know, he ripped, this was a couple years ago, so he ripped on the Cavs and LeBron and Baker. I think he ripped on Baker Mayfield once too. So like he, <laughs> nice. he incited the fans, like you know, and that that's good. Pat, you're right, Pat. I think that that is a good tool because then, you know, us watching don't really know what why they're pissed at him, so it doesn't really come off that way if you don't see that. So, well, um, I mean, it comes off as hey, they're the heels, they're booing them like they're supposed to, you know, so. I mean, there was that there was that um, time where like a, a year ago where Elias and Owens were in Seattle and the crowd booed them for like 15 minutes straight because they shit on them because they lost their basketball team. So it was like 10 or 15 minutes of them just booing them. Like, I mean, it was so like they would not stop booing. And it's just like, don't don't mess with Seattle and their lost basketball team, apparently. That's Seattle's getting a hockey team next year, so they'll be fine. So we need a brief interruption. Yes, we do. Important announcements. <laughs> yes, if you are watching us on YouTube, thank you so much for joining us. If you're listening to us on Stitcher, iTunes, or Spotify, thank you for listening in. And once again, if you are listening, watching on YouTube, please make sure you uh, drop us a like. Make sure you subscribe. Turn on the notifications so you don't miss an episode. Drop a comment so we know what you guys are thinking and in, get engaged with this show some. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, and once again, if you're watching on Spotify, iTunes, or Stitcher, make sure you guys are giving us a rating so we can jump up there. Everybody can hear us that wants to hear us and can get the entertainment. As you can see, we, I think we're pretty darn entertaining, special today, <laughs> um, to say the least. And make sure you stay tuned 100% to the end to catch the Mount Rushmore of tag team wrestling. There's one more thing we need to talk about, maybe? Well, I kind of just mentioned a few teams we haven't really mentioned yet, because I didn't yes. really go that no. far yet. Yes. Go. No. Oh, no? Okay. I'm going to do that. <laughs> um, just, just, just real quick. I mean, this is just going to be kind of like a real quick name drop. I mean, we mentioned the 80s, and we mentioned, you know, a bunch of the teams. But I think one thing that's unfortunately a little bit lost is the fact that, you know, we don't have the territory system anymore. 
perfectly good teams who work the territories who maybe never necessarily worked in WWF. I mean, the Midnight Express is number one on that list. But then there was also mm-hmm. teams like the Fabulous Ones or the Fantastics or, you know, Ole and Arn Anderson when it was just the two, when the two of them tagged before Arn kind of moved tagging with Tully. Or the Sheep Herders. And yes, I know the Sheep Herders became the Bushwhackers, but the Sheep Herders and the Bushwhackers were two entirely different teams. The Bushwhackers were a comedy act. The Sheep Herders were like the proto Dudley boys. You know, they weren't yeah. just like the like the they were. hardcore bitches all the time. So um, you know, we mentioned the Freebirds, the Von Ericks, you know, there's a, probably a bunch of others that I'm forgetting. I don't want to go back too much before the eighties, you know, it's like I'm not gonna bring the fabulous kangaroos into this. Oh, I guess I just did. <laughs> the Rock and Roll uh, Express. <laughs> The fa- fabulous kangaroos. Yeah, they're like a legendary team. Look them up. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> they are. He's, 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 they they are. Mentioned, yeah, AJ mentioned the Rock and Roll Express because obviously the Rock and Roll Express, Midnight Express. I mean, that mm-hmm. might be the greatest tag team feud of all time. It's it's I, other than like say like Edge and Christian versus the Hardys versus the Dudleys. There may not be a better tag team feud ever. Than rock and roll midnight. So who's better? So, rock and just, roll just, midnight. Yeah. Well, just you know, just just a rock few teams we have. That, you know, if you're, uh, if you're if you're browsing the WWE network or just you know YouTube, you can find matches with those teams, which are pretty good. I I stumbled upon some match last night. It was uh the Midnight Express when it was uh, uh Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane against uh, the Freebirds. It was Hayes and Buddy Roberts, and it was mm. like from a uh, one of one of the stadium shows, like one of the outdoor stadium shows, uh, was for the I think the U.S. tag team titles and the Freebirds, I believe, were the faces, unless it was heel versus heel. Interesting little like ten minute match with you know the the typical stuff you you expect Cornette getting involved with the tennis racket, of course. But you know it's entertaining to watch because the crowd was really into both teams. So um, it's um stumper question time. Oh no! But we. Did we name all the tag teams that we wanted to name as far as like some of the greatest tag teams that we've seen? I know. Yeah, there was doing... something about current tag teams you believe will be considered in the conversation in 10 or 5th. That was the one thing we didn't do unless you were saving that until after the stumper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. To get the okay. Question okay. Out of the way we got to go stumper, got... huh? This yeah. is a new segment for all those that are watching for the first time. Uh, we aired this segment last week. So... Our good friend Theo has got the stumper question, and I yeah. cannot wait to see what this one's going to be. I might actually be able to answer it. I'm hoping. <laughs> <laughs> we got to come up with a cool thing to throw up, like a logo for the stumper question here. Thanks, Darth Pat. I appreciate the confidence boost there, bud. <laughs> well, Such if I were to four yes. of us uh, in terms of likelihood that I think they'll get the stumper right, uh, you're going to be last. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all, all right. right. <laughs> so here's the stumper question. So it was what do these wrestlers have in common? What does LOD, Luchasaurus, Shinsuke, Moxley, Tomasa Ciampa, and Sammy Guevara all have in common? I was going to add three other ones that are to this list, but you guys might have gotten it if I added those three. So I took them out. Okay. I might, I might have an answer for this one. I might know something. And if I remember, LOD... Those guys are from Michigan, if I remember correctly. They are from Michigan. So I'm going to say all those people are from Michigan. No. Oh, damn. <laughs> Shinsuke's not from Michigan. They're from Michigan. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sh- Shinsuke Nakamura is definitely not from Michigan. Oops. Yeah, he, he, said, he, said, Shin- he said Shinsuke. Shinsuke, Shinsuke ain't from Michigan. 
Michigan, Ooh. and he ain't from Minnesota, which is where the Red Warriors were actually from. That's right. Damn it. <laughs> so, um, name the, name. I, well, I will offer my guess right now. I don't have a friggin' idea. <laughs> Well, at least uh, that was yourself the embarrassment. It was LOD, <laughs> Luchasaurus, Sammy, Moxley, Nakamura, and Tomasa Champa. Uh oh. I mean, I would have had one going on. Sammy's way too young to have achieved it, so I I won't even offer it. What's your What's your offer? offer some of like all winning like the IWGP title or some Japanese title, but I don't think Sammy's really old enough to have worked Japan that much yet. So no. Not that. Like I said, it was it was a, it was not a great guess. Yeah, I don't. I don't. You're, I don't. You're, uh, it has uh, nothing to do with titles. I'll tell you that. Did they all wrestle for New Japan at some point in time? No. Oh well, jeez. You're on the right concept. You're getting warmer. <laughs> well, other than New Japan, what the hell is there out? What is what's the other? All Japan. All Japan. <laughs> Pro wrestling Noah. I think Pro Wrestling No was too new, though. Were they back when LOD was around? I don't think so. FMW is out in Japan, I believe. Joe, I'm I'm going to say they all wrestled in WWE at some point or another. They all wrestled in TNA. Okay. Oh, that's right. I forgot LOD. That was, like, for, like, almost a second. Because I think, because Lucha, Soros, and Moxley were both in WWE. Sammy's the one who didn't do WWE at all. The rest See? of them... Sammy's the one I didn't. I for some, Sammy's the one I never saw wrestle in TNA. I watched TNA, so I never saw him wrestle. But I saw all the other ones wrestle at one point because I was looking for his. I have like a couple questions uh, for wrestling, but I found this one, and it was actually I was like, oh, is this right? So I found a YouTube channel that actually showed like them entering through TNA and actually part of their match, and I was like, holy shit. So I was going to add, like, Ken Shamrock, CM Punk uh, to that, but I, I kind of figured you guys might have maybe have guessed it at that point. That was but. good. That was good. That was a good question. I may have offered that guess if you mentioned Shamrock and Punk since I knew they did. I have no memory of LOD being like my, my TNA viewing period was so limited that I think out of all those guys you've mentioned, I don't think I should Macho saw Man it. was the other one I was going to throw in there. I was like, ah, I don't know if I should put Macho Man in there either. Yeah, I do remember his one appearance, but like out of all those guys you just mentioned, I'm pretty sure I don't remember any of them seeing any of them actually in TNA. So like, I don't think I saw any of them in TNA. I'm I'm gonna question. I'm gonna come up, Theo. One, I'm gonna come up with a, a trivia question just for just for Jeremy one time, just like uh, something that that he, really? yeah. <laughs> It'll be it'll be not something that because you're not you, you don't really like trivia, Jeremy. So I'm gonna try to come up with something that you know, is hard, but I think it's something that you may you know figure out. It's not gonna be I'm not gonna ask you, you know, did Hulk Hogan wrestle in WWE? True or false? Like WWF <laughs> or whatever. It's not gonna be that. But I I'm, I, I I was thinking about a couple things today. So name all the, the Eagles Hall of Famers. Go. There's not that many. I'm sorry. <laughs> But and it's funny because I love trivia. I am just when it comes to like sports trivia, wrestling trivia, those type of things. I can't remember shit at all. <laughs> like it sucks. Like because I really love tri trivia, but I can't. I can't fucking remember any of that stuff. It just it leaves my mind. And as far as Hall of Famers, there's Brian Dawkins, 
And I know there's a couple other, and I just can't think of them. I know Reggie White's in the Hall of Fame, uh, but I don't know if can't remember if he went in an Eagle or he went in as a Green Bay Packer. So. Well, in the Football Hall of Fame, you don't go in as a member of a team. You know, you're not where they they do a bust of your face. It's not like a plaque with a help with a with a cap and a logo on it. So yeah. But you still get tagged as a specific team. Oh, you do. I thought they just was like, okay, he played for all these. <laughs> Aha. <laughs> so he kind of right. counts for both, but. Hey, he also played briefly for the Panthers, if you recall. So. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't pretend that. Di- I pretend that didn't happen. That's not going to be an official one for the Panthers. It'll be like a a side one for the so, Panthers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he had already retired with the Packers and then he came back with the Panthers. And unfortunately that delayed his hall of fame eligibility until after he had passed away. So that kind of sucked. Yeah, he never, he, he, he would have been alive when he was inducted. So unfortunate. All right. So, so yeah. So next topic, and then we're going to, you know, probably lead into our Mount Rushmore at some point. Okay. Um, what do you guys think of the current tag team status? Hmm. I mean, I, I kind of already said I think that oh. I think that AEW is is as good well, as you, you didn't bring been. up that topic and be specific with me. Okay, <laughs> there. So let's move there. on to the next one. God damn it. <laughs> I mean, I think WWE's tag. You know, we've Jeremy already said we already said that WWE's tag division is kind of crappy. So like the Usos, the New Day, and the Street Profits are about the only teams that I guess the Viking Raiders like that. They don't even have a bunch of teams that even matter. So. Just a sec. Wasn't like, it the Viking experience like two the, weeks ago or something? <laughs> I know. The Viking March, whatever the freak their name is. So the, the Minnesota Vikings, they might as well just call them that. So they could come out in purple football jerseys. That would, that would be funny as shit. <laughs> what, Pat? <laughs> so, yeah, that won't bring a lawsuit. <laughs> That's good shit. <laughs> That's such good. <laughs> um, that's such good shit. <laughs> like, so, I, like, like AEW, and I'm not saying that this is smart. This is not them being smart, but they're arguably usually the best wrestler in the world in a tag team. There, so they don't have anything else to do with them. So, I mean, I'm not saying that's good booking, but their tag team that that's another tag team. That's legit. Like Hangman and Omega are legit. The best match I've seen this year was Omega and Hangman against the Box at Revolution. That's the best match I've seen this year. So, like, saying players, wrestlers that you know work well together. Yeah. So I mean, as far as wrestling goes and and tag team wrestling, um, you know, we we kind of we kind of hit it on it at points. And WWE, like we know. They essentially, as our good friend Darth Pat has mentioned, Vince don't give a shit about tag team wrestling <laughs> like he really should. It, it really should because it is a it is a really good art form in this in the fact of wrestling itself in the purest form of wrestling. What tag teams can do and bring to your organization. Yep. Um, TNA had some really good tag teams. Now I haven't seen TNA in forever since they went off of Spike TV. That was the last time I saw them. That was years. I mean years ago now. Um, okay. AEW, I have not had the pleasure of watching. 
Uh, in WCW, I was never a big fan of. I have seen some old stuff from being, you know, watching on the network and that. And Harlem Heat was awesome. And so were a couple of the other tag teams that I just don't, I can't think of off the top of my head now. But, um, you know, the current state of uh, tag team wrestling, it, it's it's kind of made a resurgence and such, but it's more on the indies and uh, the non-mainstream programs that don't, you know, that a lot of people don't necessarily know about or just the really excited, true, like real true wrestling fans, not the every casual fan know about. So it's not as, you know, it's not as mainstream a product as it, as it really could be and should be. I think AEW knows that that's a, that's a place they can capitalize. I think they know that. And that's why it's happening. That's one of the places they know they can capitalize because they don't care in WWE. So he, I think they've, they know that that's, Oh, we can be better than them in this for sure. So they've stockpiled tag teams there essentially. So, I mean, NXT's usually got one or two teams that are really good, but they don't ever stay there for more than like a year. So like they've had a bunch of really good teams over the past three or four years, but they don't ever stay there for more than a year or two. And then they go up to the main roster and disappear essentially. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think if AEW would have a partnership with new Japan, the wrestling tag teams over there, especially the gorillas of destiny, they're, they're one of my favorite tag teams too. Like I know you guys don't watch new Japan that much, but they're part of the bullet club per se. And mm-hmm. that's that's there's some good tag teams over in New Japan. If they could do a partnership with that and bring those guys over here and show what those guys can do, mm-hmm. that would be that that would you would see some ratings from that shit. Definitely nice. so. Darth Pat, thoughts. Well, what was our original question? We were supposed to be discussing here about any teams of today being regarded as a team, a, a great all-time team in the years ahead. Yes. Yeah, that was part of it. Yes. I didn't really. I I didn't really respond to that yet we were still kind of talking about tag teams just the state of it oh well i mean i think the state of tag team wrestling now is pretty well non-existent so you can you can go ahead and pick it pick whatever team you think would be good years from now you can go ahead and do that yeah that's easy none Wow. Okay. Wow. I mean, the, only, the only team I could even really even offer forward for that is the New Day, and they're they're really getting towards the end of their uh, uh, their shelf life, in my opinion. I mean, we'll see what happens when Zay, whenever Xavier comes back, but you know they've obviously had a really good run. But yeah, everybody else, it's like you know, there's I'll say there's there's a lot of potential for a lot of teams that are out there, a lot of teams that are getting started, but depending upon where they are, they may not ever be able to to realize it and the revival was you know kind of exhibit a as far as that's concerned so they're probably much better off being in aew what doesn't work for them i'm thrown into a feud with a couple of jobbers to start so um you know and but uh you, you, you know, gotta start so, somewhere I'm, though <laughs> yeah yeah and i've said before um you know many times i've never been a fan of the bucks and probably never will be. I just find their matches to be nothing but spot fests. Man, that's just the way it is. I've given them a few times of watching them and at various times too. And it just, I just don't, I think they're way too sticky. So I've never been a fan of them. Don't kind of, don't really think that I'll expect to be. Now I know everybody else loves to say that they're great and that's fine, but you're never going to hear me say that. So 
Well, we you, are, God damn it. Okay. You, you, you still want it to be the 80s and the 90s for wrestling, so I expect no less from you. It's, so and No, it's not at all that I still want it to be the 80s and the 90s. I want you stuff do. to make sense. So much stuff that I watch doesn't make any sense, which is why I'm really not watching much of anything right now. So, and I just because you're... I've had those cycles plenty of times before. There was vast periods of times in the 90s where I didn't watch either program, where there was, you know... WWF or WCW, so it's you know there's just times where it just isn't going to hold my interest. Well, this I is agree. this is. Really I agree with you, Darth Bad. There's a lot of stuff, and that's why I have not been watching as much as I used to, is because a lot of the stuff that's going on, and and I need to get into watching AEW. That's my own fault. I haven't had a chance to actually get into that, but with WWE. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense, and I'm like, if it don't make sense, how can I watch it? Because it's not entertaining me anymore. If it's not making any sense, why they're doing what they're doing? So I can understand that, Darth Pat. So for me, uh, if we're talking tag teams that have some possible shelf life, um, it's it's hard um, because I don't get to see all. I don't see all the tag teams. If I was just going by WWE stuff, which is what I really get to see. <sighs> I don't know because WWE don't like to keep their tag teams together long enough. You know, they like to, they always like to break them up after, you know, maybe a good six month run when they feel like they're like, okay, if we break these guys up, this guy can be the show, you know, the, the main roster guy and have a good singles push. So it's hard to say. I mean, like Darth Pat said, uh, the only, the only team that I can think of that's had a good run and is really sold, I guess a lot of merch in WWE's eyes is the new day. Um, I'm kind of done with the Usos. I don't, you know, they'll probably still continue to have a long run because I don't think WWE sees either of those guys as, uh, singles main eventers as well as, um, you know, the Viking Raiders, Viking experience, Viking Marauders, whatever the hell their freaking name is anymore. (laughs) Um, those guys I think are going to fizzle out because they're more of a gimmick than they are anything. At least that's what WWE has turned them into. Uh, it's turned them into a big gimmick. Uh, so they're, I don't see them having a real long shelf life. Um, I think the Bucks, if I got to see more of them now, I would probably say the Bucks do have a good chance of having a very long shelf life as long as they never go to WWE, which I think they've very much expressed. We will never work for WWE because of what they do, but you just never know. You never know what the future holds, and they could say, okay, it's our time to go to WWE, yeah, if, and then they're done. They'll if get broken Triple up in H- six months. If Triple H is ever like running the show, that's the only way that's happening. So if Vince is pulling the strings and stuff, the only way that would ever happen is if Triple H is the person that's like running the show and in control. That's the only way that that could. There's a little glimmer. I don't think they ever will, especially they just hate Vince after the cease and desist stuff with the too sweet. They, They hate Vince. So they're never going to work for Vince, but they might work for Triple H, maybe. Yeah. So and if something would happen to AEW, they'd go right back to New Japan. I mean, they made money over there and they they put on shows, and that's that that's like kind of like home for them, for a lot the, of those guys. So the Street Profits are going to break up within six months because Montez Ford is the is the shining star and Dawkins is not. So that tag team yeah. will last another year. And I know Jeremy doesn't really like them, but he says he likes Montez Ford because the charisma is there. The other yeah. guy, Dawkins, doesn't really have much. So he as soon as is the- a space. He's a waste of space. He just takes up space <laughs> and other people could be there taking it 
for him. So this is awesome, though. That's it's I, you can kind of see the right on the wall him becoming a great singles wrestler. So yeah. I think the Bucks right. will be relevant. Private parties is a team I really like that I think they're young, and I think if they do something with the, if they continue to use them right, there's a lot there, and they they do in my opinion have the best finishing maneuver in tag team wrestling, and it's called the gin and juice, so it's very appropriate. So <laughs> yes, it is for those guys. So all right, so Theo, who's yes. your maybe lasting staying tag team? Um, it would probably be. It's going to probably be the Young Bucks and the Revival. Um, it all depends on how some of the other tag teams, like a lot of other ones, do have potential. Private Party has potential um, in regards to that. The Lucha Brothers have potential you know, to be a long tag team. It depends if you know AEW wants to split them up at some point, which I really don't really see the need of that. But... Um, uh, those would probably be my three top ones that I would kind of put if they can stay all together as tag teams for the next five, six, seven, eight years and and put on good runs. I can, I can see them because they've all done stuff in like AAA and, and whatnot in New Japan. They've already won titles at various other places. So they already got their titles from a lot of different places. So it's kind of like just keeping keeping the craft going and putting on shows and getting over with the crowd and things of that nature, putting on great matches. Um, that's kind of the, at the point where a lot of them are at right now, but those would be my three right there. So we want to get right. to the, are we ready? Oh, be ready for the Mount Rushmore. Are Just to... you no. ready? Hey, no, no, no. I said, are you ready? Okay, this is getting ridiculous now. Anyways. <laughs> this is all Pat's fault. He started it all way before the beginning. <laughs> but it's okay, Pat. I like this one. Let's go. Uh, all right. So it is time. It is that time for Mount Rushmore this week. And this week, Mount Rushmore is all about the, in our personal opinion, the greatest tag team that we have had the possibility of seeing or watching in I guess our lifetime, we would have to say. This is something that's another one of our lifetime. We don't like to go outside of our lifetime because it, it w- there's no emotional value vested. We didn't grow up watching these people wrestle or anything like that. So greatest tag team that we have ever seen in our lifetime. Take it away, AJ. Uh, well, I, now <laughs> I'm going to stand up because – the Young Bucks are already on Mount Rushmore, see? <laughs> what the holy coolness? We're going to come out with a t-shirt like that. We're going to steal that. <laughs> Wait, who else is on there? Is that? It's Maybe. Adam Cole and Kevin Owens. It's like my dream. It's like the the would be the greatest faction ever for me in WWE if it ever happened. Wait, so, it again? I couldn't really t- it's, it's Kevin Owens, Adam Cole, and the Bucks. <laughs> That's crazy. Where did you get that right. from? Pro Wrestling Tees. <sighs> I mean, how often does your all my favorite wrestlers are on this shirt? That that never happens. So, so who is your the Young Bucks team? are mine. So they've 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 arguably been the best tag team in the world for the last like four or five years. So the whole FTR thing started because the revival said they were the best tag team, and the Bucks said no, we are. So fuck the revival. That's where that's <laughs> that's where the FTR thing came from. So just because they're not in WWE doesn't it doesn't matter to me. They don't have to be there to be considered like they're the best tag team I've seen. I'm, I'm a Mark. I know I am. I'm not going to pretend I'm not, <laughs> but I've watched 
tons of matches. I've, I've even watched some of their stuff in New Japan. I've watched tons of their stuff. And like I said, I liked them when they were Generation Me in TNA. So I've liked mm-hmm. them for years. So I, I, I just... I'm not going to say Pat's not completely wrong. I have seen a couple, one or two matches that have been spot fest. So they do that. They do do that from time to time. They are guilty of that. I think it depends who they're fighting. So I think that's part of it. They have more tag team moves than I've seen ever. They have the most tag team moves I've ever seen. They probably have 10 or 12 tag team moves that they do. So it's, they're, they're really fun to watch. So I just, I don't see them slowing down. So I, I just don't see it happening. Not right now. I actually think that they're in the best. This is the best position they've been in. <laughs> so like everybody can yeah. see them like every week if they want to. Like this is the most notoriety they've ever had. So like and AEW knows that. So yeah, because their stint in TNA wasn't super long. It was it was there and they got notoriety. But maybe they were a year, I think. If yeah, that. it wasn't super long. So. So they're they're the best they're they're the best tag team I've seen. Like I said, I don't see them slowing down. So and I usually would pick somebody that's already done, but at this point I just I have to take them because if I don't take them, I'm gonna be it's I'll be mad pick. at myself. So it's a good pick. I'm gonna flip it over to Theo. All right. So my tag team is I used to watch the old shitty shows at midnight. For ECW, where they used to repeat the shit all the goddamn time, like there was barely any commercials. It was like Joey Styles, like repeating shit that's happening from the previous week and what's gonna happen later in the show, like every fucking ten minutes. It was crazy. But the Dudleys are my pick. Um, I fell in love. I just started watch. I just started watching ECW at night. Um, just randomly found it on TV the one time. I heard about it. I finally found like an episode. I started watching it every week. Um, it was all tape stuff, but the Dudleys just caught my eye. They caught my attention. And then at the point when I was uh, maybe like a year or so after that, um, you know, me and my friend got our driver's license that I went to high school with, and we drove down to Philly. Um, my parents don't know this shit, but we drove down to Philly <laughs> to go see some ECW shows. And legit, you know, those crowds were crazy. I mean, people, they were letting people bring in kendo sticks and fucking cookie sheets into the goddamn place. So, you, you know, we're standing in line waiting to get in and people have like kendo sticks, cookie sheets, like fucking pots and pans. Oh, we're out to the thrift store and got some pots and pans. We're going to bring them in and see if they use our weapons for a match. I'm like, fuck, this is sweet. <laughs> you know, we're going in there, you know, they're legitimately like wrestling in the crowds and, you know, and they legitimately, they... They would really start riots like at the shows, at the house shows. And um, I, I just kind of fell in love with all the craziness. And legitimately, they were kind of ahead of their time with their promos, you know, because at that time, you know, you, Definitely. Had, certain, you had certain tag teams that could kind of talk. But like just because they were ECW and Paul Heyman just didn't give a fuck and wanted to make a name for the company, which I get it. He kind of let his wrestlers kind of say what they wanted at will and just do all the crazy promos because there's many a promos they had in ECW that were just like spot on spectacular stuff. Their matches were great. I loved their finisher through the table. I thought that was sweet. Um, when we did the wrestling, I took a 3D. I believe I, that was fucking I, awesome. I was gonna say I believe you took that move yourself. <laughs> yes, it was awesome. I loved it. It was like a um, mark mark out moment for you. Yeah. I mean, and you know, they're switched to the other, 
um, to WWE and all that stuff. I, I mean, the biggest part with them going there is I hated when they split them up. I hated like the preacher Devon and all that things. I just didn't think that was really great of a move for them. It should have stayed as a tag team. But I mean, they won 23 tag titles. So that's a big part of it too. Um, great promos, great storytelling um, mm-hmm. in the ring. Bully Ray was very keen on having storytelling in the ring. Just listening to some of his podcasts and what he does on Busted Open Radio and whatnot. But uh, that's my tag team. I just fell in love with them and, and still do. I, I would still love to see, like, I don't care how old they are. I would still love to see them come down with some kendo steps and some fucking tables and let's light some tables on fire and 3D someone through that fucking table <laughs> right now. That'd be great. I would love to see that stuff. So that's that, my that's that's my Mount Rushmore. I I yeah. would I would I would have they would have been my other choice. So like I I'm a Dudley yeah. Boys guy too. So yeah. All right, so we got the Young Bucks, we got the Dudleys, and Darth Pat. You want to go next, or you want me to go next? Go next. Me go Let next. You. I said I'll go next. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all I heard was go next. That's all I heard too. <laughs> I didn't hear the I part. Uh, with us again. Uh, are we having more technical difficulties? I mean, last yeah, week's show, last week's show looked a little weird upon further reviews. Anyway, electronics. Anyway, for my team, basically, here comes the axe and here comes the smasher. Yeah. A demolition. <laughs> a walking through uh, demolition was was really my favorite theme when i was really you know first kind of getting into it and everything mm-hmm. um because you know they obviously they're a road warriors ripoff nobody is ever going to dispute that the thing of it was is that goddamn if it wasn't the most successful ripoff probably ever except maybe hulk hogan having ripped off superstar billy graham um you know so they they said okay this is what we have to do you know this is the gimmick we've got all right, let's run with it. And both guys, Axe and Smash, you know, had been previous, had been other gimmicks before that. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like, you know, they were new guys getting like, you know, their first chance. They were tried and true guys who had to basically be told, all right, we're putting you together, make it work. And they did. And it's not easy to make a ripoff gimmick work. So, like I said, they definitely did. They made it their own. You know, they had. They had the mouthpiece with Mr. Fuji with them when they were heels. I don't know if they ever necessarily needed it, especially because Fuji was never really a great mouthpiece to begin with. <laughs> um, True. But, that pure heel manager, though. Yeah, they, but they, they had the look. They had the intensity. They had the double team moves. Um, you know, there was one of those teams where, again, like, you know, the fact that, you know, of course, they had the matching outfits, you know, work, so they looked like a team. Uh, yep. You know, just really being able to kind of do all that and the fact that they they had that long run which you know the new day just broke you know a couple years ago but the fact that they had that long run at a time where you had so many other great teams Mm -hmm. in the federation that kind of says something too because and that says well the guys you know in charge understand well they're really the best guys to have the belts right now it's like yeah, you know, when they had that long run, it's like they could have switched it to the Heart Foundation or the British Bulldogs or the Killer Bees or the Fabulous Rujos or Strike Force, who they want it from, or you know the Brainbusters, who they did eventually lose it to, or the Powers of Pain or the Rockers when they came in. So there were so many different teams they could have conceivably said, all right, we're going to put the belts on these guys now. But yeah, for they had that year and a half run, so 
Um, you know, so they, you know, I really think it was, uh, you know, it was a great team that was really made successful and they, they hit their mark. Uh, no offense to Brian Adams, you know, RIP, but the less said about their run with Crush, the better. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, obviously the reason they did that is because, you know, Axe, Bill Eady was getting up there and, you know, couldn't really take the bumps as much anymore. But I, I don't think Crush was really ready to be thrust into that spot at that point. When, especially, especially when they still had the belts. It's like if they were going to do that, I think they really kind of needed to wait until they had taken the belts off of them, which, you know, was not really how it played out. So, uh, yeah. I mean, because I mean, Crush was a big, huge, imposing guy, too, especially when he had the face paint and everything on. But yeah, he was still pretty, pretty green at that point. But, you know, again, Road Warrior ripoff, you know, but, you know, it and works. again, obviously, obviously they were that once, you know, WWF brought the Road Warriors in, you know, Demolition wasn't around too much longer after that. But, you know, it, it worked. And so to me, they had a they had a pretty lasting impact. And, you know, they had the great theme music, like I said. You know, one of the, my favorite moments in wrestling is the 1989 Royal Rumble because the demolition music hits and Axe comes out number one. And then they say, here's the man who drew number two. And the same music <laughs> hits and the two guys just stay, stand there staring at each other for two minutes. No, they beat the shit out of each other. So, you know, it was it was really cool that they were willing to do that, especially because they were faces at that point. So, I remember that. That was that was cool. Yeah. yeah. That's a good pick, Pat. Good pick. good pick, Pat. Demolition. All right. So it's last but not least is me. And I am going to pull one that uh, you guys might not think uh, of because their run was kind of long, but not super long. But one of my favorite tag teams to watch was the Rockers. I loved Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. I love that tag team. I loved their music. I loved their outfits. I loved what they were doing in the ring. I thought they were just high-flying, energetic guys to watch. And it was a lot of fun to watch them. I mean, growing up, I mean, you're talking, what was that, the late 80s, I believe, is when they debuted. And, you know, that's when I was really big into wrestling. One of my best friends when I was growing up was really into wrestling. So I was watching with him on pretty much every Saturday uh, morning and then, you know, catching it at other times, too. But they were just so fun to watch. They were just a really good tag team, and they had really good chemistry. And I can't think of a, like a stinker match that they had. I believe they even fought at one point. They fought the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, I believe, if I remember that correctly, they fought the Rock and Roll Rockers against the Rock and Roll Express, which was kind of a. Uh, they were kind of almost like a ripoff of them because it was almost like the same kind of theme. Um, and then in WWE, they had a really good run. You know, um, actually, their whole run was in WWE, wasn't it? I believe they yeah, were in AWA. They were in AWA. Okay, yeah, so I, okay, okay. okay. Um, and, and this was is a, where my wrestling history is. Oh, it doesn't help me at all. Um, <laughs> but you know, I remember very vividly the moment that they <laughs> they broke up. You know, when Marty Jannetty gets super kicked and then suddenly jumps through the barbershop window. Um, <laughs> you know, it doesn't really get kicked through. Escape. <laughs> he was trying to escape, yes. But I remember being really upset about that because I was like, how could this happen? These guys are so awesome. But in retrospect, um, you know, you look at the way that Shawn Michaels was dressed and – you know, now knowing what I know, you could see that he was going to be a heel. You could see that there was something going to happen. And, 
you know, but that's what made wrestling so good. And that's what made tag team so good is when they broke up and they were together for so long. And now all of a sudden they're not together. It's like, Oh no, like the world's ending. And this is, it's never going to be the same. So that was my tag team is the rockers. You were having a kid moment. I was, (laughs) they, they like, actually, if I'm not mistaken, they actually won the tag belts at a house show. And then nobody ever, they never like showed them like on the, they won them once at a house show and then they immediately like took them off of them. So they never actually won the tag belts. They did, but we never ever saw, we never got to see that they had won them because they, they like flipped, changed their mind like right after they had done it. And, <laughs> and there's, there's like conflicting stories as to, <laughs> as, as to why they did that. I mean, like the top rope broke during the match. So that was blamed for, you know, for, for one reason for that to have happened is that, you know, they didn't want to air a match where, you know, again, like the, the top rope just, you know, breaks apart. <laughs> you, can under, you can understand that and everything. Yeah. But the other interesting thing about that was, yeah, they won the titles in that match from the Hart Foundation. So it was a face versus face thing. And there was, there was also a rumor, I think, that um, Jim Neidhart was being fired. Uh, but then they decided to bring him back. And I think also one of the guys has written, whether it was Michaels or whether it was, whether it was, uh, Bret Hart wrote that that's where like some, like kind of suspicious, some suspicions and like bad blood may have started between the two and that. <laughs> I think Michael, wonderful. I think Mike, I think, I think Michael said that like Hart and I Hart politic to keep the belts, which I could understand. They had only just won them at SummerSlam. So it was like maybe. I think like two months before that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We so we got to we got to see Shawn Michaels overselling even back then. When I go back when I go back and watch, it's, it's some sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But it started way back then, like watching the the as he grew into being better and better at overselling. <laughs> so so true. Our Mount Rushmore this week of greatest tag teams we've ever seen is the Young Bucks. The Dudleys, Demolition, and the Rockers. A very great Mount Rushmore once again, as always. Um, So that brings us to the end of our show. I'll take us home. Uh, We want to thank everybody that's tuned in to YouTube to watch this. We want to thank you very much. Once again, make sure you're giving us a like, setting up those notifications, subscribing to the channel, all those wonderful things. Leave us a comment. We'd love to be able to interact with you guys. Um, And... The bad thing is, is we will not be here for two weeks. So, uh, and that's because I'm on vacation. I'm sorry, everybody. I apologize to all our fans out there, but we will be back in two weeks. So please make sure you tune in. Uh, it is the four guys round table show. So it just doesn't work with three because that's not four. So I do apologize <laughs> to everybody out there, but we will be back in two weeks. Uh, Thank you, Scott Steiner topic. for the math lesson. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, we hope that you guys tune in if you're watching, listening to this on Spotify, iTunes, or uh, Stitcher Radio. Uh, thanks for listening in. Just give us a rating. Make sure you help us find more people just like yourselves catching this and enjoying this. Uh, we truly enjoy doing this for is really just for fun for us. So you know, uh, please stay tuned and catch us on our next topic, which we're not sure what that's going to be yet in two weeks, but we will definitely have something brand new for you, uh, just as entertaining as always. Thanks, everybody, for watching, and good night. Happy birthday, Adam Cole. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay, now good night.